Hey, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to My Sentiments Exactly podcast. My name is Kay, and I'm your host. Today's special guest is Lynette Phillips. Lynette is a passionate leader, certified LPS facilitator, speaker, and live your best life enthusiast. Lynette transitioned from the corporate world after a 17-year career with the Walt Disney Company to pursue her purpose of helping others and organizations empower their possibilities. In 2019, Lynette co-authored It's Possible, a dreamer's manifesto to overcome opposition, a collection of inspirational stories of overcoming obstacles. When away from the work and world of clients, Lynette is grateful for time spent reading a book, cooking, traveling, or creating the most magical memories with her husband and children. Hope you enjoy today's episode. Lynette, I am so excited to have you on the show to share about your experience um, with the loss of your mother. Um, There are a lot of people that have experienced um, just loss in general, but also the loss of a parent. Um, And so I'm just really glad that you are able to come on and to not just share your experience, but to share any misconceptions maybe that people um, have about grief and loss and what you would advise um, others who are going through similar experiences if they, um, you know, are looking for ways to cope in healthy ways um, and just navigating through something that maybe they have never experienced before, or just heard about, but now it's, it's hitting closer to home. So thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I had shared that kind of off air that I was really excited um, to receive your communication as we've been communicating back and forth about setting this up. Um, it happened to be on one of those things where it was just wasn't a perfect day. We don't always have those. So it definitely was very uplifting. And I love the work that you do uh, with your podcast. Well, thank you so much. I'm so I'm equally as grateful to, to have you on here. So we're going to start out with uh, conversation starters from the MSC podcast conversation starters deck, and you'll just answer a random question. Are you ready? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh, okay. Have you lived up to your own expectations? Oh, I think I'm living. Okay. Finding those expectations. Um, it's journey. It really is. And um, I grew up reading those choose your own adventure book, but I would read backwards to say, what's the better adventure? Like, mm. I don't want to get eaten by the dragon. <laughs> what do I need to make sure I do at page 56? Like, which route should I actually go? Yeah. So I think for me, um, I, I, I most days feel like I'm exactly where I'm meant to be or doing what I'm supposed to be doing and challenging myself in the ways I'm supposed to be challenging and loving the way I'm supposed to be loving Um, But there's still a little bit more and there's more to explore and more to do. So I think I'm living up to those. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. Thanks so much for answering that. So we're going to get right into the episode. Um, Again, today's episode is on grieving the loss of a mother. Um, So, Lynette, I'll give you an opportunity to introduce yourself um, to uh, my audience and then you can go right into your journey with your mom um, and lead us up to where you are now. All right, absolutely. So my name is Lynette uh, Phillips. I recently, I would say, fired my corporate gig and hired myself uh, with the power of self-belief and um, and one of these individuals who have pivoted during the pandemic. 
So I can't say uh, that it's been perfect, but it has been something that um, was long overdue. I left a 17 year career at the Walt Disney Company, um, left with great terms, left um, with amazing friends and business relationships, but um, knew I needed to pursue coaching and uh, my own business. And what I really became very evident to me as my purpose after the passing of my mom, when you know, I started to ask myself more of these very um, philosophical questions around what, what am I going to do with this life? I feel like it taught me how to live through the loss of a person and, and the finality of it. Um, I live in Orlando, Florida. So I have lived here since I came for an internship. I was supposed to be here for six months and it ended up being 17 years. Picked up a husband along the way and have two wonderful kids as a result uh, you know, of that. Grew up as a military family um, in Anchorage, Alaska. So very uncommon to have the same assignment over and over and over again. So I actually got to live there from elementary school through high school. So just a very, um, very kind of unique upbringing, lived in unique places, gone to school in North Dakota. <laughs> so lots of cold, cold weather and now will not move from the Sunshine State. Um, on a, you know, my professional career side, I get the opportunity to work with individuals about the power of their self-belief and really the pillars of um, you know, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual wellness, and that that journey, and what that looks like, and how to create real solutions. Um, you know, in your life that you can always refer back to and apply them. So I'm very grateful. So I'll talk a little bit about uh, how, you know how we came to have this conversation today. Um, uh, in 2019, I had the opportunity to partner with a group of women who were sharing their unique um, stories about it's possible. Um, okay. you know, and for me, my I can or possible moment really began to be building and designing my life, I think more intentionally after the passing of um, my mom in 2020. Okay. It really, um, you know, here it is still five years later. And I think you never stop grieving that individual. I think yeah. it ends up being more of um how you remember, how you actually, your, your grief may, may be sadness. It may be gratitude. It may be thankfulness. You know, it is coming around the holidays. So one of our biggest things is what traditions did we have that we can celebrate that we still bring forth that were a part of, you know, the foundation for my mom. Um, it's, uh, it's difficult in those sense though, that her journey was, you know, due to cancer. I, my heart always goes out to individuals who, lose someone um, very suddenly, right? So think about the pandemic that we're in, that the health has declined, can decline rapidly, the loneliness, and we hear all of these stories. But I had six months, really, from the time that um, the news that it was becoming terminal and it didn't seem that the medicine was going to, um, you know, prove to be, you know, helpful. I had six months for us to kind of take that time and say, well, what happens in the six months? My mom actually um, moved into our home and started her hospice care with okay. us before moving into, uh, you know, a different property down the, you know, like 10 minutes away um, just to get a little bit more space as we started dealing with medical equipment and other things. But like that to me, I, I go back and think that's a gift. That opportunity that while I was, you know, very prayerful, like I want more time with her Time didn't get to look like what I know it to be, but it was different. I got to wake up and see her. I got to go to bed and see her. I would come home from work at lunchtime and just have lunch with her, meet with her nurses and do some other things that I wouldn't necessarily have had 
that opportunity, you know, to, to do. So we got to, you know, ask our, ask, I got to ask her really some deep questions just about her life and have her reflect, especially once she acknowledged that, um, you know, she would transition. She, you know, she became in full awareness of it. Um, obviously she wasn't like, oh, I'm so ready to go. It was definitely, um, you know, there were milestones. I had a niece that was going to be graduating high school the next year. There were some things that brought a sadness to it, but there were also, I think, a lot of moments of closure that I got because we were so willing to kind of talk about, um, you know, what, what would happen and let her reflect and let her share stories and look at pictures and watch our favorite movies together and just do a lot of the things or just be together in the space. So that we would have these, you know, great memories on both sides. Yeah, I want to ask you, um, for those that may uh, have a parent that's staying with them and receiving hospice care, or maybe they're just visiting and just trying to make the most of the time that they have um, with a parent that knows that they are going to transition. What are some questions that you would, you know, maybe suggest that they can ask to just kind of make the most of those of those memories. Um, we talked about her grandkids a lot. My mom was known okay. as Anna. So a lot of things about like, what would they, you know, what would she want us to be sure, you know, to, okay. to share and talk about and, you know, cause then that's from her perspective and make sure how the values are imparted. Um, a lot of me just expressing like, thank you for the journey and thank you for dealing with, you know, <laughs> this, this kid that might've been labeled as gifted in school, but had an opinion, always had to say the last word, you know, yeah. doing some of those things or, you know, just even things like that about like, what was it, what was, you know, your difficult moments in dealing <laughs> with me at times and just, you know, getting her to have a laugh. We actually had, a, I called it our Thelma and Louise trip <laughs> down from the panhandle of Florida. And I uh, rode up there and me and her were like in her little convertible PT cruiser and we, you know, drove and it, we would talk about like just places in Massachusetts where she grew up and, you know, uh, just her friend, her friends. It really was a journey of like, almost like, have that autobiographical moment and just yeah. listen and let that, you know, that parent or that spouse or that individual just kind of speak if they wanted to speak. And then there were times where we would be in the car and we would go 30 minutes and just be silent or listen to music mm -hmm. or, you know, do something. And so you had to like ebb and flow. But I remember maybe like a month or so before that trip, a good friend of mine told me, hey, I just want, you know, she was calling to check in on me and she said, you know, she's a woman of faith. I'm a woman of faith. And she said, God is calling you to be your mom's usher into his presence. And I was like, well, that's kind of, you, you just found that out today? Like, yeah, like thanks. <laughs> I was supposed to like call you and tell you. And I was like, well, thank you. Yeah. But I feel like I understood then what that then meant. And, you know, then you can act upon that in a way. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, ab absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Um, what are some things that you have learned about? Because being that close to a family member that is transitioning, I'm sure there are some things that you learn, not just about um, transitioning, but um, also just going into grief and loss. Are there things that you didn't know before that you learned or maybe 
that you you have felt like people may not understand about grief um, and loss, especially of a parent? I definitely think I learned about the the triggers of emotions, like that you can be somewhere and that a song will, you know, mm-hmm. hit you there or um, certain things. So I really learned about acknowledging and honoring those emotions mm-hmm. and and listening to what my either my mind or my body was telling me in that, because I think when we stuff it away and we stuff it away and we stuff it away, because um, we hear those stories, right, where someone's like, oh, well, how long ago did they pass? And you don't think about when you ask that question. Once you grieve that person, that loss, it's not it doesn't have an end date. It doesn't have an expiration. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, every year my husband and I just this week, we're just talking about like, well, one, this the. Pandemic conditions would have been rough for my mom's medical, you know, health piece. But Absolutely. we was like her inability to have some of the freedoms to go because at least, you know, she, you know, past pre-pandemic or none of those situations like that. Like she could still go in a store and other stuff. So imagine like she would have really been locked down. So I, I think that a lot of times just honoring and having those conversations about that individual. Um, it's around Thanksgiving. So, you know, we always want to feel her her presence. And, you know, and the holidays as well. And just being like having that connection and knowing that your emotions will always be involved in that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Um, so as a mom yourself, how would you describe the experience um, navigating with your children um, as they are losing their um, grandmother? Yeah, my son was at the time and I I hadn't even had my daughter so that has been interesting of how do you cultivate a relationship with a person that she doesn't physically see so Mm. through kind of pictures and stories which that like kids connect with that and it's funny because my mom went by Nana and she calls her banana because that's like what she could equate to it. It was like the same thing. Like she doesn't call anyone else really Nana. So she'll walk by the picture and be like, there's banana. And we just think because that's like her fun relationship, you know, with, with her Nana, um, you know, for my son, it really was about health and restoration and healing and, um, you know, it becomes like a faith activator for us in trying to help him. But it was like we don't have all the answers. Um, you know, in, in his mind, it was the first opportunity to kind of experience, a, you know, a, a funeral service. And so in his mind, OK, well, there's music there. You say goodbye. And he, you know, didn't necessarily have like a hugely negative experience um, because he went to like a very small private one. He didn't go to the like the larger service. But definitely, um, you know, will ask me occasionally just questions like he'll say, do you miss Nana? And I say, absolutely. And then that to me gives me the opportunity to say, hey, how are you feeling about her? What made you bring her up and different things? And so not negating that. Oh, he was four, but he had a front row seat, too. You know, he had to see it from like a medical perspective and oxygen tanks and, you know, just other things. And so I always want to be able to help support him and his, you know, his journey. So we always talk about how, how our life of values and traditions and family is our way of honoring her and kind of how do we want to live that out? Yeah, absolutely. I love that you mentioned about um, just 
checking in with him and seeing how he's feeling. I think that is that's so important because um, you, know, you just kind of tag kids along, um, you know, and don't really realize that they're experiencing the same things that you are, um, whether they're able to articulate it or not. Um, so I love that being able to check in with your children, you know, when they are experiencing um, losses in their life and then developing that relationship through pictures and stories, um, however way you can, just kind of keeping up that that legacy and, and that memory um, that, that she would want to have. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so your experience has really fueled what you do now. Um, so can you share some about just how you went from from that experience and, you know, still navigating through it, um, but how that has inspired the work that you do now. Yeah. Um, so my mom was 55 years young, and I think that that's very young. Um, yeah. They had us very young in life. I don't okay. know if I could have had kids that young in their, you know, their teens and early 20s, but yeah. they made it with a three girl. But um, I, you know, about eight months after my mom passed, um, I had had on my development plan at work for 10 years that I was going to get a master's degree. It was traditionally like, oh, I'm going to get my MBA. But every year you put it off, you put it off. And I, I laughed because I was like, I have, you know, I just keep writing this thing on there. Everybody just keeps letting me move it to the next year. No one's like holding me <laughs> accountable and being like, so when are you starting? When are you registering? What's going on with it? And um, I was on a lunch break and I had got an email that said, you know, if you apply for this program, we'll waive your application fee. So I was like, wow, I ain't anything to lose, right? It's normally yeah. it's like a free $50. Mm-hmm. So I, I the registrar and I got a um, a woman named Hope. So like that in and of itself was like, okay, universe, like what is happening here? Is <laughs> but we had a great conversation. She got me with a recruiter. They said, oh, if you can get, you know, these couple documents in, we could possibly get you a conditional acceptance by Monday. This was like a Wednesday. So I came home and I told my husband, I think I'm in graduate school. And he's like, what? I said, I don't know yet. Like, I think I'm going to graduate school, possibly starting on Monday. And I had identified a program that was organizational leadership and coaching, just things that really intrigued me. It's not that I don't like managing a business, but I have a business undergraduate degree and I um, I got enrolled. I was in class on that Monday. I had actually just moved jobs. We had did a whole um, organizational restructuring at Disney. So I had just moved to like a whole new team. So I said, hey, team, one of our first team meetings, I might be going to graduate school here soon. <laughs> Put that out there. And that, I think, was like the domino that created kind of the series of events of just really being intentional and paying attention to really the opportunities around me. Not that I just live like this, like obscure life. And I was like, in La La Land, I think I just let things just kind of come together versus I think I got much more proactive. Yeah. Like, what have I put to the side? What have I said, but not did? And, you know, graduate school then led to the relationship to then author the, you know, co-author the book and then co-authoring the book kind of led to, I like to speak and I like to get on stage. So, you know, and just opportunities begin to align more, align more. And then um, when the pandemic hit, I got furloughed. I have never, ever, ever like been strictly just home with my kids. They've okay. been there when they were little. That just it, that's just what it was. And I had four months uninterrupted and I got called back to work. And within 10 days, I just 
knew and the conversations I was having with myself and through my faith and through prayer. And it was like, I'm going to, I came home and my husband is used to like these conversations now, like what's she coming with today? Um, I came <laughs> home and I said, I'm going to be resigning, you know, wow. our, our this is like mid-June. And he just looked at me and he was like, you know, I'm a teacher, right? Like, I just want to put that out there. Like, you know what <laughs> you know, y'all and, and, uh, you know, I, I understand. And we're actually in a much better position. You know, the pandemic allowed us to save quite a bit and do some stuff. And, um, you know, this is where I'm feeling led. And I have like a project manager job with a publishing company that I ended up picking up part time, you know, through a role. So I kind of am able to learn new skills, but apply certain skills that I have and yeah. You know, launch my business. And so it's just like, I keep seeing like a domino and they, you know, sometimes some fall quicker than others, but I feel like it's a much more um, intentional flow now. Yeah, no, I think that's so inspiring because grief can be something that is like gripping. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you, you know, want to be at a standstill and it'll do the opposite of motivate you. So I think it's very inspiring that you are able to be fueled um, by your experience rather than allowing it to um, just kind of keep you stuck. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's really inspiring. So what is some advice that you would offer um, someone who is going through a similar experience of losing a parent and particular, particularly a, a mother? Um, I very much believe one of the first things to do is if you have access to um, therapy services before. So we started when we initially were like, we're here because we have never dealt with taking care of a terminally ill parent. What does that look like? What are true yeah. strategies to manage the emotions? Lo and behold, we had our first appointment. And then a week later, we actually, my mom passed within that next week. So we were like, well, now we're here as, you know, a couple, cause my husband started with me and it was like, well, now she's passed. Like what then happens? But we built that relationship and that counselor has been a part of our life now for, you know, five years at therapist. And that was I really, I think to me, key in first, just originally the conversation was starting on what do you think you're going to be experiencing in this journey? And how do you, how do you still have a positive attitude or how do you manage the tough conversations? We had never talked about like a do not resuscitate order before. You need to know what you yeah. need to know. Yeah. Really kind of what's the longevity? Sounds silly, but reminding us to be mindful of like making sure our health and wellness was good. Everything from what we're eating to physical in physical movement. Not even like, okay, you don't have to go do, you know, an hour spinning class or you know, or get on the Peloton, <laughs> but you might need mm-hmm. to take a walk around the neighborhood yeah. and look at leaves and appreciate it and take your breath in because life can consume you. So having that counseling journey was really um key and pivotal mm-hmm. to I think the recovery because as I hit various stages of like hey, I want to take on this project, but it would always go back to certain pillars of like, how are you doing with your health? How are you doing with your water intake? How are you doing with certain things to continue to stay in this? How are you doing after having, you know, your second kid? Is there anything related to postpartum there? You know, Mm -hmm. always checking in and coming back to what's the emotions of the situation because they're real they're a part of you and, and they need to be honored and they're because they're an energy. And if they don't get out somewhere, somehow they're going to impact your behavior. So that's probably the biggest advice is really, truly finding ways to connect to what are the emotions I'm feeling? It, it, you're going to have anger. You're going to have sadness. You're going to have um, you're going to have moments of, of peace. You know, when I think about my mom is not 
suffering in a physical body here, um, you know, anymore. The type of pain that she was in was unimaginable, um, especially towards the end. And so there's, I have a variety of feelings as it relates to it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you again for sharing that. And also while you were talking, I thought about um, just because your mom received hospice care mm -hmm. um, at your home. And so I'm pretty sure, you know, there is some stigma surrounding um, hospice um, care, particularly in the African-American community. A lot of times, um, what are some of the benefits of hospice care that you um, experienced? Um, I know it wasn't necessarily firsthand, but just in seeing how they were taking care of your mom for those that may hear hospice and be like, oh, no, no. Um, would you recommend it? And what are some of the benefits that you saw? Definitely their goal is for a sense of community at, at this end. And you have these professionals, whether it's medical staff, nursing staff in the home. Um, obviously, I think it helps put the the patient um, first, first and foremost. Like yeah. Really the comfort of someone coming into the home for um, basic um, observation of healthcare rather than always having to take my mom to a hospital. She had a couple of hospitalizations towards the end a couple of times and, you know, scares. It, it's very difficult because also hospice's goal is to help that actualization and realization of what's going on, right? I am a woman of faith. Did I pray for my mom to be healed? Absolutely. When the outcome was different, and it was kind of answered to me clearly that it was going to be differently. Then, it, then my prayer began to change into how do I handle this situation? And what, again, what our friend had talked to me about what my role had looked like being. And so I think hospice is there about that community to bring forth, um, you know, I think the family to understand the, you know, the messaging being received, which is, and they, and they never came in and said, you know, it's tomorrow. It was like, we are on a journey and we are here to support you throughout that time. So, you know, we had a very consistent nurse who came in, um, who kind of knew, you know, the family as well. And, and quite frankly, the, one of the women who was in the last 24 hours care of my mom, I'm literally, if not, I'm convinced, like she was probably sent from heaven and then like had to go back. Just her gentleness, her care, compassion um it is not an easy job that i think that they have um and i'm sure it weighs on them because they're developing these relationships with individuals for a short time or a long time um before they pass and so um i do think it's ask the right questions speak up and always advocate if there is someone in your care that you feel isn't talking to you with the best type manner or talking to your family with respect speak up because that's not you know, to me, that was not common. We had a couple incidents like that in the more in the hospital that we had to be like, OK, stop and pause and remember this is an emotionally charged situation. And let's let's all be respectful, um, especially when it came to the patient. So for me, it was like advocating for my mom to have the peace that she needed. Um, you know, one of her hospitalizations, she told me she wanted some Indian food. I called my sister and was like, how do I smuggle this in the hospital? What? How do I make this happen? Um, and I like ordered like and my sister was like, get everything just order everything. If I need to send you money, like, you know, so you, you come together and you do that. And then I told him, I was like, yeah, I bought her Indian food. That's what she wanted. <laughs> I love that so much. You will find a way to, to do what you can for your loved ones. I think that's amazing. And I just admire your strength and I admire your courage um, just to keep going and to continue. So thank you so much again for coming on to share your story and to share advice where can people stay connected with you? 
Um, I always say I'm most active on LinkedIn. So just uh, Lynette T. Phillips, I absolutely loved, uh, I would say, uh, the platform. I do have a Facebook. I have an Instagram, all Lynette T. Phillips. I have my own website, um, LynettePhillips.com as well. Um, so those are the most uh, ways that they can get a hold of me. If somebody just wants to send me an old school email, you can at um, hello at uh, LynettePhillips.com. And uh, yeah. Happy to share with other people's journey or let them know it will be, um, you know, it will be okay. And it takes time and whatever your timeline is to get to that piece is, um, is yours. And you get, you are entitled to that. Thank you so much. And I will have Lynette's information in the episode description for everyone that would like to take advantage of that. Please connect with her just from a business standpoint, if you are in need of any services that she's offering, but also if you are experiencing loss, I'm sure she would definitely be open to talking with you as she stated. Um, so thank you so much again, Lynette, for being on the show. Thank you to everyone for tuning in and make sure that you connect with Lynette on social media. Did you enjoy this episode? If you haven't already, subscribe on your favorite listening platform and our new YouTube channel with video interviews premiering in season three. I'd also love for you to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing MSE Podcasts Conversation Starters Dick, available for purchase at bygracenp.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSE's listening platforms, share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at MSE Podcast. The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms by gracenp.com and YouTube now. Hope to hear from you soon.